Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Going on Freedom Church. Someone told me that there's like a sports ball event thing happening today, but it looks like none of you got that memo and you're all here in the Lord's house. So give yourself a round of applause. So like Pastor said, I'm, uh, I'm West Buchanan. I'm one of, the, one of five pastors here at Freedom Church. And, uh, you know, if, you, if we haven't had a chance to meet, you've probably seen me either running around frantically on a Sunday morning putting, around, putting out little fires. It's actually amazing that you can go throughout an entire week and nothing ever happens. Everything is pretty even kill. And then Sunday rolls around and then everything like happens and tries to be distracting. It's, it's almost as if there's some force out there that's trying to prevent us gathering and learning about about this Lord and Savior that we all serve. So um, I'm super honored to be able to stand up here on this stage and share this next, I think this is week six in this New Year Fresh Start series. But before I go too much further, I want to pay honor to our uh, lead and founding pastor, Pastor Terrell, and his wife, Miss Shanda. So the two of them answered God's calling to start this church a long time ago. And that we have seen so many lives come through this church changed to come to know a risen Savior. And if if you don't know the mission of Freedom Church, just a little bit of a, a refresher. Freedom Church simply exists to reach people to know God. And I can honestly say that these two people own it. They don't take it lightly. This wasn't something that was created just so we could have some nice little buzzword that we can throw on the website or have on the app or any of the printed material that we throw out there because it's what you would expect a church to say. This is something that they own and that they live day by day. And I can tell you that the messages I've heard from this stage And even before all of this was built, because God has blessed us so much from the other stage on the other side, when that was our main stage, has changed my life. Not only those, but the personal conversation, because our pastor likes to make himself available for each and every one of us. As I've been growing, as I've been walking, as I've been developing in the the man that God has called me to be, they have just done so much in my life. So if we can, let's give Pastor T and Ms. Shanda a round of applause today. All right, so here we are, the second Sunday of the second month of 2023. We're already off to a running start. We're already going kind of crazy. And if you really want to, if I want to mess up your uh, sort of day a little bit more, just understand that we only have about 10 and a half months-ish before we get to start all this over again. So it's going so quickly. And if you're like most people, and like myself, when the new year rolled around, you set yourself some goals, these new year resolutions, right? It's all over the place. We see it all over social media. It's a big thing. What's your new year's resolution? And we've all set them. But it seems like everyone we know, and probably many of us in this room, when, uh, when it gets a little bit difficult, when it gets a little bit inconvenient, we let those slip. They're not really that important. It's fun to say. It's fun to declare. But... When it doesn't fit the calendar, you just don't have time. You don't really feel bad, but you don't feel like doing the thing, right? We let those things slip because they're just not that important to us. 
Now, I saw that over the, at the gym over the course of this past couple of weeks. You know, January 1, good luck trying to get in there and do anything resembling what you would typically do. February 1, business as usual. Now, there's still the, uh, the gathering of about six or seven high school boys around one piece of equipment. I don't understand that. Maybe it's like a gym culture thing that I just haven't got yet. One day, maybe, but that's still a thing. Now, this first series of the year has been great. Pastor T has taken us through uh, many practical ways that we can improve our lives that they're all biblically based. And if we were honest with ourselves, was this year kicked off, and if we truly wanted that life change, applying some of the things that he's been talking about to our lives would go a long way to setting the correct course to living that God-honoring lifestyle. Now, if you're new here, if you're wanting a refresher on some of the things that we've been talking about, I, I invite you to go check out our YouTube page. It's really easy to find. It's Freedom Church TN. You just search that, and you'll see our little green F. If you don't want to know what our little green F looks like, it's in some of the printed material in the back of your seats. It's really, really easy to find. But go there, check it out, see what we've been talking about over these past five weeks up to this point. And what's actually really cool is that there's literal years of content that's on that site. Every sermon that we have for shoot, I can't even tell you, a very long time. It's up there. I've, I've used them as podcasts, and we actually do have podcasts that are out there as well. But just to listen to the sermon, because it's all relevant. God's Word is the living Word. It, it's it's it, just as true today as it was 10 years ago, as it was 100 years ago. So I invite you, go check it out. Subscribe to the channel. It's actually a really good thing. I promise you, it will be a blessing in your lives. So before we really start diving into this, let's go to our Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to stand up here and to share these, share the word with these wonderful people, Lord. Lord, I pray that you uh, give me the words as I stand up here. Lord, I pray that you make me uh, interruptible. If, if there's something that I've prepared that you want to change, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you give me those words. I pray, Lord, that if there's anybody in here who, who's come in with maybe walls up, chains around them that are binding them down, uh, not able to experience you truly, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you use our time together today to allow those walls to come down, to allow those chains to fall to the ground so they can experience you fully. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's men and women, men and women say, amen. All right. So because this is our New Year's series, I want to ask you a question. What is that one word goal that you would set for yourself that you would want to achieve in life? Now, this isn't a one word goal that you want to set for the rest of February or for the rest of you know, this year, maybe, or even 10 years. This is a lifelong goal. Now, if I were to take a sample of most people here, I think that we're all thinking roughly the same things. There's only so many things I think a lot of us would really grab a hold of. You know, one of them would be to be successful. We all want to be successful. I actually really like successful. Everyone who starts a thing wants to be able to complete it and complete it well. Another word, especially in our digitally connected world that we're all living in, shout out to everyone joining us online today, is to be influential. Everybody wants to be influential. In fact, this is a really good one as well. In fact, uh, Jesus told us to be the, the salt and the light of this earth, to stand out from everything else around, not to look like what everybody else looks like so we can reach other people to know God. That's what we're all called to do. We're all called to be influential. But not only do I want to be influential, I want to be happy. No one wants to live in a life of sadness. That seems like a pretty, pretty easy one. 
Another one that you might hear is that people want to be blessed. Another way to put it, because it can, blessed can be a little churchy, it can be a little Christianese, is that you want to feel fulfilled in everything that you have, everything that you own, everything that you live within, family, friends, however. You feel complete, completely fulfilled, lacking nothing. Now, I think after hearing that, many of you would say, yeah, I'll take that one. Can I have two? Right? Everyone wants to be blessed in their lives. These are all common ones. Successful, influential, happy, blessed. But what about from God's perspective? Have we ever thought about that? Sometimes we can let our own personal biases creep into the things that we want and the things that we think of. And so we can be a little self-centered at times. We can think about the things that make us feel good. But how does God view these? What word would he choose for us to make our goal for the rest of our lives? What is the one thing that he would do? Scripture actually gives us a hint of that answer in Matthew 25. So one day, if we have lived that life pleasing or that, that it's pleasing to God, we will stand before him. And when we stand there, he won't say, well done, my good and successful servant. He won't say, well done, my good and influential servant. He won't say, well done, my good and happy servant. You see where I'm going with all these, right? He won't say, well done, my good and blessed servant. What the parable of the talents hints at in Matthew 25, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, if we're looking for that one word that shines over all the other words, that one thing that you would change your life drastically if you would apply to everything that you do, we should all strive to be faithful. That's all well and good, but how exactly are we supposed to be faithful, right? I can stand up here like, be faithful, and that doesn't really help you. So the one way to consistently be faithful is that you have to live it out intentionally. No one is ever faithful by accident. You have to decide on the front end. In everything that you do, you're going to be faithful. So everyone repeat after me, I am faithful. One more time, I am faithful. Draw a line in the sand and say, from this point forward, I'm going to choose to be faithful in all aspects of my life. Uh, Benjamin Franklin actually coined the phrase, which I'm sure we've all heard before, when you fail to plan, you prepare to fail. Stating that you're going to be faithful is all a part of the plan, right? We have something we work for. And, and if you're failing to plan or you're planning to fail, both directions require you to make a choice. And depending on the choice you land on, you either choose to be God-centered or you choose to be self-centered. Both options require you to make a choice. The human side of us will always default to the easy path. That's kind of the way that we're wired. We can be lazy at times. We want to take the path of least resistance. No one wants to be pulled out of their comfort zone. Any parents of teens or preteens teens in here, can I get an amen? That's just how that we are. Faithfulness, if I'm honest, it's rarely easy. And it won't happen by accident. Like I said earlier, it takes intentional choice and a plan on our part so that we can stay on track. Nobody is ever going to be accidentally faithful. Understand that. Nobody is going to do this by accident. You might do something that you might stumble upon something that was pretty good. Like, man, that was awesome. Did you see the people that I helped? Did you see what I did? That was by accident, but that's not being faithful. That's just, you did good that one thing. 
if we're trying to be faithful through the lens of what God wants us to be, and if this is going to be something that lasts a month, a year, a decade, a lifetime, it's a life choice, and that choice will sometimes come at a cost. Understand that. You do have to give something up to be able to live this lifestyle. But one thing to understand is, while there is a cost associated with it, it's always going to be worth it. The blessings that God will put in front of you will always be worth what you have to give up to receive that. Understand, though, there are things that we have to give up. Let's check out Habakkuk 2.4. It does a great job of drawing a distinction between faithfulness and living for yourself, living that, that selfish lifestyle. So let's check it out. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. You see, proud people rely on their own understanding, their own wisdom, their own checking account, their own successes, their own connections, the phone numbers that they have in the phone. That's what the proud will live by because they can get so blind by the successes that they've had. What they thought was a firm foundation was actually a house of cards. And if any one of those were to fall apart, everything that they know and think that they are would also fall around them. It can be blinding, though, because the draw is so strong. Now, we all know proud people in our lives. And let's be honest, some of us also live in that category. Yes, I said us. Just because I'm standing up here does not make me immune to some of the draws that that can have. I don't like to receive help. I like to do things on my own. If there's something that's going to happen that I'm able to accomplish, I want to be the one doing it because I'm going to be the only one who does it as good as I can. That's just the way that I'm wired. And it's all in my head. No one else is forcing me to do that. It's all the pride. That's a constant pull. But let's look at that first part of Habakkuk 2.4 again. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. I just love the wisdom of God's word. Amen? There's so much that if we, if we just apply it, if we step out of our own way and we apply God's word, it will change our lives so drastically. When these thoughts try and pull me down a path of pride, I have to make a conscious decision to walk away from it, to lead that God-honoring life, to make the right decisions. I push not to rely on my own understanding when they rear their ugly heads, and they do all the time. My wife can tell you, when I walked fully in that, not even trying to pull myself back, all it gave me was sleepless nights and high blood pressure. I said that I was one of five pastors here at Freedom Church. Guarantee I have the most gray hair, right? That's what stress can do. We're not meant to carry all that stuff on our own. But when you live in that prideful mindset, that's exactly what you're doing. You're saying that nobody else can do this, only me. I don't need God and I don't need others. Now, I'm not saying up here saying that I got it figured out and because I've made the decision to, make the, to go that direction, to live that righteous life, to live that faithful life, not to trust in myself, that I don't slip. This next part, living, is very key. You have to give people permission to speak life into you, to be honest with you, and you can't get mad at them when they say, hey, um, it's not about you right? Accountability is key to living this God-fearing life, a life that's pleasing to Him. So what does it truly mean to be faithful? 
how are we supposed to live that out practically? I think a lot of us probably have an idea of what faithful is. So we think faithful of you're being faithful to a spouse, right? Your significant other. You're, you're going to stay with them through thick and thin. You're faithful with, to them. Maybe it's you're being faithful in a job. You're going to do the task that's been given to you, and you're going to do it very well. You're going to be faithful in what people have trusted you with. We all have this general idea. Sometimes we can actually use faithful as a substitute for reliable. You're right? they, they share the same meaning in their head. But faithfulness to God carries a little bit of a different meaning. In fact, when Jesus talked about faithfulness, he talked about it in such a way that we might not actually recognize it today. There's a few different ways that he looked at it. While he spoke on the ideas of faithfulness many different times, you can essentially take every time that he's talked about it and boil it down into three basic categories. So number one, he talked about faithfulness and how you treat people. Number two, he talked about faithfulness and how you steward resources. And number three, he talked about faithfulness and how you respond to God. Now, if you're like me, this is fantastic news. If I'm trying to change the way that I am, if I'm trying to improve in any way, I want a target. Tell me where I need to improve. Give me a goal and I'm going to go for it full steam. That's just how that I am. When I'm done here today, I will communicate with Pastor T and I'm going to ask him, what can I do different? What can I do better? It's okay to step outside of yourself, not thinking that you have all the answers. It's okay to invite that into, into your life. Let's look at the second part of Habakkuk 2, 4 again. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. How many of you want to live on this side of the verse? Right? I think that's pretty much all of us. Everyone wants to live this life that's honoring to God. So this is where having a plan comes into play. So we need to decide ahead of time that we're going to be faithful. That's what we did in the very beginning, right? We all said together, I am faithful. That's step one. Now we're going to put some structure what that looks like. And being God's definition of faithful, we're going to be deciding on three separate things. And it goes back to those categories that Jesus talked about faithfulness in. Number one, every interaction in our relationships, we're going to have the opportunity to add value. So you're telling yourself, I'm going to add value in this relationship. Number two, every resources that you're giving you have the opportunity to multiply. So you're saying, I'm going to multiply. I'm going to steward the resources I've been giving well. Number three, every prompting by the Holy Spirit, we have the opportunity to obey God. When he says, go, you go. And you know his voice because you have a relationship with him. And that's key here. So let's unpack each of, what, each of these and what they individually look like. So the first way that we show faithfulness is how we interact with others. Now, this is, isn't just talking about our family or those we work with. And it's, it's no surprise. No matter where you go, you're going to interact with people, right? They're everywhere. You can't avoid them. But this is okay because this gives us the opportunity to speak into our lives, to add value in those relationships, right? We have the opportunity to encourage people, to lift them up, to be generous, to help them out. Nobody goes through this life having it figured out at all times. People are going to be encountering things. They're going to be down. They're going to hear things that they don't want to hear. They're going to get that bad phone call that they're wrestling with. You don't know where people are and you don't know how much a little bit of encouragement can go in their lives. Everyone is going to ask for it. Sometimes it's just with their eyes. 
They won't actually tell you that they need help, that, that they need a shoulder, that they need some strong person to listen to them. That's where we step out. We add value to those relationships. The world we operate in is a, it can be pretty difficult to navigate through. And the ability to be connected virtually as we all are is actually a really cool thing. We can do a lot of stuff. You know, when I was preparing for this sermon and doing research, it's really easy to utilize the, the connections that we have online to be able to research certain things. So it actually is really good, but it has also introduced a darker side of the human condition. No longer do you have to stand face-to-face with somebody to have a relationship. That's not a requirement today. You can do it virtually, but the problem is it's made, it's made us numb to how we're making people feel, right? You can, be, you can have people that are just being rude to you, breaking you down, insulting you. They don't care about you because they don't have to face you. And this is key, vice versa. We can all do the same thing. We can be numb to it because we don't actually see the hurt across someone's face that we used to have to deal with not that long ago. Remember, it's easy, but the path of the proud often is. This requires you to step outside of yourself and to see people the way that God sees them. After all, He died for them too. He died for all. We have to look at each other as a fellow brother and sister in Christ. In fact, that's a great place to start mentally when you pre-decide that you're going to start every interaction this way and adding value to those relationships and building your fellow brothers and sisters up. Now, this goes for that political headbutting that goes on too, right? You can't log into anything on your phone or computer and not see it, any form of social media. I've seen some of your posts. It's everywhere and it's easy to get sucked into it. But understand... Are you trying to put everything to party lines? Because there, all it does is it gets torn apart. And those parties end at our borders, by the way. Just, I didn't know if you knew that or not, right? Jesus died for all. Underscored, bold, italicized, all. That's where we live at. And if you're pushing so hard to be right, how are you lifting that brother or sister up? Are you worried about being righteous? Or are you worried about being right? Those are two very different things. Every opportunity is the opportunity to add value. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Lots of wisdom in God's words. If you remember, I talked about there being a cost to living that faithful life. And oftentimes, in our interactions with others, the cost is going to be our egos. We have to leave those at the door because it, it, we're always thinking about the me in all the situations, right? When every, every time we get a group photo, you're looking for yourself first. You're not seeing how everybody looks, right? When you're always wondering what people think about us. We're always wondering what people say about us us. We want, if we overhear somebody talking about us, we want to know what's being said about us. We default to the me really, really quickly. But in short, that blinds us 
to looking at others the way that God sees them. Seeing others the way that God sees them, praying daily for God, for God to put people in your path to encourage, to speak truth into, to love on, that gives us one step closer to living that God-honoring life. We have many examples of how Jesus did this exact thing. He spoke life into situations. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was, Jesus was speaking to multiple, a multitude of people that were gathered there. And here's what's cool about these people that he was talking to. They were under the rule of a government, the Roman Empire, they didn't want to be ruled by. They didn't ask for that. They were paying taxes to an emperor that they didn't want to pay taxes to. They were being policed by Roman soldiers that they never asked for. They were under the rule of others. Now when Jesus, also a Jewish rabbi standing in front of the multitudes, he didn't tell them to rise up. He had their ears. He didn't tell them to rise up. He didn't harp on the fact that they were having to pay those taxes, that they were having to answer to that government that they didn't want to answer to. He didn't say that. No. What did Jesus say? He said, do not worry about what to eat or drink. My friends, don't worry. Seek first the kingdom of God. Live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. He didn't harp on the negativity. He told them what was true right in front of their eyes that they had become blind to. With the woman caught in adultery, the Pharisees threw her at Jesus' feet. Clearly guilty of what they were accusing her of. He didn't stand her. Stand there, berate her, call her filthy, call her dirty, try to make her feel less than. What Jesus did, as he stooped down, he wrote something in the sand. We don't know what he wrote, but we do know that her accusers walked away. And he he asked her, where are your accusers? And then he stood there and said, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. He spoke life into the situation. This was his opportunity to add value, and he added value. This woman probably thought that she was less than. She was publicly humiliated, thrown in front of everyone, ready to. She was about to lose her life. That's where this was going. Jesus chose to speak life into this woman, to make her feel good, to make her feel that she has that second chance. Because we serve a God of second chances. Go and sin no more. He added value to that situation. Every interaction, we have that opportunity to add value. You show the love of God. You encourage. And you show grace. Because that's what Jesus did. And he's our example to live by. So the second way that we can show faithfulness is by understanding that every resource that we have is an opportunity to multiply. In Matthew 25, uh, Jesus tells the parable of the talents, which we briefly touched on earlier, sort of setting up the framework for all of this. In this parable, we see a rich and powerful man going on a journey. Before he went on his journey, he uh, entrusted some bags of gold to three different servants. So in the first servant, he entrusted five. The second uh, servant, he entrusted two. The third servant, he entrusted one. So the first two, they took the gold, And they made it work, right? Their master had entrusted them with something great, and they were going to impress them. They were going to show them that they were smart enough to steward it well. They invested it. They put it to work. They doubled it. But it took effort on their part because they wanted to honor their master. 
So the third one, he buried it because he feared his master. He didn't know what happened to him if he lost it. So he buried it. He didn't even think about it. So when the master returned, he was very pleased with what the first two had done. And he told him the verse that we talked about earlier, well done, my good and faithful servant. But then he said, you have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. There was great joy in this moment in how the servants honored their master with what he had entrusted to them. So, as I was working through this uh, sermon, I was doing all the preparation, I discovered the Greek word that we actually translated to faithfulness, and that, that word is pistos, and I'm probably uh, mispronouncing that because, you know, surprise, I'm not Greek. But um, it, it has a literal meaning, and what's cool about this literal meaning is that it, it breaks it down and it makes it really easy for us to apply it to our daily lives. So check it out. Uh, the definition is persons who show themselves faithful in the transactions of business, the executions of commands, or the discharge of official duties. People who are faithful in business, right? So if you've been entrusted with, with something, if you've been blessed with something, that's a bit of a business transaction. So now you have the ability to multiply, to actually pour into this, to you know, honor what has been given to you, what has been blessed to you. And there's a simple way to start. You could be a good steward simply by taking care of what has God given you now. You don't have to wait for the blessing in your mind, right? He's all given us these bodies, right? If you're here, you have a body. He's given us those. So take care of it. Invest in it. Exercise. Eat well. When God calls you to go, you go. You never want to be guilty of not being able to do the thing that God's calling you to because you just physically can't. Be the best you that you can be. Don't, it's not a competition. Don't look to the left or to the right. Just know that you're running your race and you're doing everything that you can to be effective for the kingdom of God. Now, if God has blessed you with that tiny under 1,000 square foot fixer-upper, awesome. Make it the jewel of the neighborhood. Invest in it. Put in the work. Put in that sweat equity. You have the chance to multiply this because now you're adding value to what it is. And when you go to sell, you can actually sell up. You don't have to lose money on that. Invest in what it is. Now, maybe you haven't been blessed with that brand new Denali that you've been wanting. And those things are sick. Have you seen them? The dash is like two thirds of its digital screen. Anyways, I'm a car guy. But those things are amazing. Maybe he hasn't blessed you with that. But maybe he's blessed you with that 2002 Camry. Make that the cleanest Camry you've ever seen. Invest in it. Take care of it. I guarantee you that little Toyota is still going to be running when Jesus comes back. So just put a little bit of effort into it. I promise you, it'll, it'll be there for you starting every morning. If God blessed you with a business, you have a lot of opportunity to see multiplication explode. Pastor T always says that we're all in ministry, every single one of us, even those joining us online. We all just pull our paychecks from different locations. But we, we all have a mission, and that's to reach people to know God, right? In business, you have some choices. You can take this blessing, and you can make it all about the bottom dollar, right? You can view all of the people under you as expendable. You can make yourself the most important person in the room. Or you can steward this blessing well. 
You can take care of your employees, right? This goes back to the relational side of things. You can add value to those relationships. You can pour life into them. You can show your faith in very tangible ways because not everybody working for you might be a Christian. But you can show them what being a Christian is actually all about. And it's not about being selfish. You have the ability to invest in local, even perhaps global missions, right? Suddenly, it's leaving your, your community. You have the opportunity to use your platform to speak into other business leaders within your community. And suddenly, like if they don't know Jesus, and you actually can lead them to, to uh, meet this man, Jesus, and they become a Christian, and they start living out their faith, suddenly that multiplication grows even more. But it takes that faithfulness to step outside of yourself to do those things. Even tithing in the local church is a way to multiply what God has given us. No, this isn't a tithing message, but tithing is a very practical way to take what we've been blessed with and to multiply it. It allows us to have a much larger impact in this community and abroad. One person might not be able to do much, right? We're all in different financial situations. That's just the reality of life. But you multiply that by a congregation... You can make a dent. Absolutely, you can make a dent. This is what I want you to connect with. To the servants who took what they were given and they multiplied it, they were recognized as good and as faithful. To the last one who buried it, he wasn't just called lazy, he was called wicked. And that should, that, that should sit with us for a little bit. If you grip so tightly to the blessings that you were given, right? If you cling so tightly to them because you're going to lose them, that little bit that you've been given, you're going to lose it. You put yourself in a posture to not be able to receive. If I'm this way, if I'm clinging so tightly to everything that God has given me and he tries to push another blessing my way, I can't catch it. It's going to hit me in the face. It's going to fall to the ground. You have to be open. You have to be ready. You have to be able to give, and that puts you in the posture to receive, right? That sports ball thing is going to happen a little bit later on. If everyone ran down the field like this, they're not going to catch much, are they? You have to be ready to receive. If we're all walking the path of being faithful, every interaction and relationship is the opportunity to add value. Every resource is the opportunity to multiply and lastly, every prompting is an opportunity to obey God. Acts 20, 22 through 24 is a beautiful example of uh, Paul being obedient to God. And it, the, the faith that he has is astounding and inspiring. Let's check it out. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the word assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Paul is a major writer of the New Testament. And he's attributed as being the one that brought the gospel to the Western world. So we can look at him and be thankful that he was able to do that, that he stepped outside of himself. This is a man who underwent a dramatic transformation from Saul of Tarsus, a persecutor of people of the way. That was the early Christians. He wanted to see them arrested, thrown in prison. He didn't like them. And he changed 100%. And he was faithful to Jesus. He spent his time live or in study and teaching others about him. While he was the one who was trying to get people in prison earlier. 
He didn't even live, he didn't even walk with Jesus with the original 12. He didn't come to know Jesus until after Jesus had already risen and gone home to be with the Father. So we can't say, well, the, the, the disciples were so faithful because they walked with Jesus. Paul didn't. And he's a major writer of the New Testament. Don't let that hold you back. He gave everything and his life wasn't even a concern. Thinking about it from a modern standpoint, this feels very counter to what the world around us would have us do. Everyone say, but God. But God is still moving powerfully today in each and every one of our lives. He's still calling people outside of what makes sense to do something radical for the kingdom of God. If you don't think that's still happening, just ask any missionary. We've had them up on this stage here. Go on to the other side of the world to bring the gospel to people who don't know him. Bring it closer to home. Ask any pastor who's ever started a church ever. He called them out of a life that they knew that they were comfortable, likely working for a business and a profession that they trained for, to step away from, to do something radically different. And they probably had people in their lives saying, you don't need to do that. You have a steady paycheck. Think about your family. But they were obedient to God because they knew his ways were better. It's still happening today. Lives are still being changed because people are willing to get outside of their own way. I had some pretty major encounters with God in my journey. And my journey is not complete. Your journey is not complete. I was blessed with a very successful career, doing what I thought that I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. But I had a radical encounter with God. I got close to God. I got into study with God, speaking to Him daily. And He called me outside of that to go into ministry. And things are always changing. Things are always moving. But the key is, is to be aware of where you are being led. You have to know what his voice sounds like. If you're in a crowded room, if you're in an airport, everyone around you is talking. It's white noise. You don't understand anything. You can't zero in on everything. But if your best friend is right next to you and they say something, you hear them immediately. Because you know them. You have a relationship with them. You talk with them. This is how we get closer to God. This is how we understand that still small voice when it finally comes to us. You have to be close to Him. You have to have that relationship. And it grows and grows every day, but it takes intentional effort in living this life of faithfulness. If you can, bow your heads. And for those joining us online, I I invite you to do the same. In a room this size, there's no doubt that there are still some people who wrestle with the idea of being faithful in every aspect of their life, giving up control in every aspect of our lives. The need to hold on to power to everything under our control can be almost deafening to anything that offers another way. This can be a major culture shift, but it's a shift that that has promises rooted in Scripture. What the world would have you do is to think solely about what you can get out of a situation. But God tells you to pour life into the situation and to trust Him. Give it to Him. Let Him take care of it. Father, thank You for the wisdom that Your words give us to live by. They are truly a gift worth sharing. Thank You for a better way, a way that allows us to point glory to You while relieving ourselves from the burden and the stresses of feeling that we are all in this alone. 
Today, Lord, I pray for peace to those who may be burdened by the relational storms around them. I pray that through the truth that your word carries, that they uh, may each be seen and called to, the faithful, to be faithful in their relationships, Lord, that you have placed in their path, understanding their purpose to be a light to others, Lord, to be that salt of the earth. Father, I pray for wisdom as we embark on this journey of stewardship over the things you've blessed us with. Give us the drive to continue forward and surround each of us with Christian brothers and sisters to keep us accountable and to grow in this new direction. And as you keep praying today and without anyone looking around, there may be those of you who would not acknowledge honestly that you don't know God personally. You don't know where you stand with him. Maybe you've been doing all the steps, maybe you've been going through all the motions, but now you realize that they were just actions. And they weren't actually you being faithful and pursuing this relationship. And if that's you without anyone looking around, I would like for you to raise your hand. Because we're going to give you the opportunity to know this man, Jesus. If that was you and you want to come into this relationship with him, just shoot your hand up and down. And if you're online, throw it in the comments. We have pastors that are on there that want to pray with you as well. No one's going to do this alone. Is there anybody else? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. So we're going to say this prayer together. I'd like for us to all do it out loud. Because if there's anybody that's holding back because of an embarrassment, I don't want to be that thing that that stops them. So we're all going to say this prayer together. No one prays in this house alone. Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive my sins. Save me, Lord. Make me new. As you have loved me, I choose to love you. I give you my entire life. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you and so I can walk with you. Thank you for new life. I give mine to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise this morning, church. Thank you, Pastor Wes. Appreciate you coming and bringing the word today and challenging us in our faithfulness. If you're someone who put your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, we would love to know that. We would love to celebrate with you. And so I'm just going to ask you, just as he asked you to raise your hand, I'm actually going to ask you to, to let us know by filling out a connection card. In fact, everybody could do this right now because there's a few things that are I want to point out to you. On the back of your chair, there's a little QR code. If you pull out your smartphone, open the camera and focus on there, a link should be provided for you to click on. So go ahead, click on there. And on the connection card, there's a section that you can actually tell us that you put your trust in Jesus. Pastor Wes will also be out in the lobby over in the Next Steps area that's just outside the cafe. He would love to meet you, uh, celebrate with you. So make sure to stop by and talk with him if you'd like on your way out. That would be, I think, really encouraging to him and he'll also be an encouragement to you. And then also, I I wanted to address for your first-time guests, you guys are very important to God. You're also very important to us here at Freedom, and so we would love to give you a gift. If you fill out that connection card, there's also a paper one in your seat. If you go by the guest services, the info center on your way out, they will give you a little gift bag to say thanks for coming. Uh, We hope that you come back. In fact, we actually ask all of our guests to give us a three-peat three times. It's hard to make your decision about any place when you go to, to check them out in one deci- in one visit. And so we ask that you give us a three-peat, come back again, and, and consider freedom as a place that you would continue to, to worship and be a part of the freedom family. 
but make sure you take that connection card out to the info center so they can give you that that free gift and then also we're going to go into a time of giving and I think it's something that is really incredible uh, that as, as believers come together and honor God with their finances, how they actually look to, to be able to uh, give back to God what he has given to them. And so there's actually a Bible verse that I would love to read for you um, that, that I think really helps with, with, uh, with this information for us. Let me pull it up here real quick. It's in 2 Corinthians verse 9. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And so I hope that, that verse is an encouragement to you as you give, to, to be cheerful in it, to be faithful in your giving, and really living out the faithfulness that Pastor Wes just talked about. So I'm going to pray over our offering, and then I have just a couple quick things I want to share with you before we, we depart today. So let's pray. Lord, we just uh, thank you for, for just what you've been doing here at Freedom, uh, through, through the people that are just amazing here. Lord, we just thank you uh, just for the mission of, of reaching others so that they may know you. And so, Lord, I just pray that, that people would come to know you each and every week, each and every day through the efforts here at Freedom. Lord, I just pray as people give that they would just realize that they, the impact that they are being a part of to further your kingdom, to honor you, to glorify you. So, Lord, we just thank you for, for these gifts, for these tithes, for these offerings, and, and just pray that we will honor you with them. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, today is a, a day that probably people are going to go and watch a big game. You know, I see some uh, jerseys. Uh, they're actually sitting kind of close to each other, Eagles fans and Chiefs fans here. So uh, if you see a little rumble uh, up from here after, just pray for them that they will still love each other even after tonight, regardless of who wins. Um, but the other thing I want to share, talking about faithfulness, today is actually my parents' 51st wedding anniversary. And so they have been faithful to each other because they've been faithful to God. Um, and I have a couple siblings, and uh, with good, true sibling rivalry, I would love to be able to show my parents, who actually I think might be watching online, hi, mom and dad. Um, and, and so I want to be the good son. So I'm going to take a little video here, and I need all of you guys to be part of the video wishing my parents a happy anniversary. So on the count of three, I'm going to kind of span like this, and I need you guys to say happy anniversary. Okay, so ready? Count of three. One, two, three. Happy anniversary. So thank you for helping me be a good son. Mom and Dad, I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you all have a good day. Enjoy the big game and uh, go Eagles. Oh, I just revealed, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Enjoy, have a good day, everyone.